Welcome to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, where America's top cleaning expert shows you the ins and outs of keeping a clean home and a clean business. From expert advice to cutting-edge interviews, Debbie uses her 30 years experience to bring you the insight you need to be cleaning up. And now, here's your host, Debbie Sardone. Thanks for joining me again today for episode 29 of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. My entrepreneur guest today will give us a prescription for overcoming the challenges of starting a business. Kim Bookout is a pediatric nurse practitioner. She has been the owner and a provider at Pediatric Health Partners in Flower Mound, Texas since 2012. Kim, thank you for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm really glad you're here because I'm, I'm curious. I, I hate to sound so ignorant, but help us understand exactly what is a nurse practitioner. A nurse practitioner is a provider of health care and wellness. Um, you will see them all through the community. You'll see them in hospitals. You'll see them in private practice. You'll see them in nursing homes. Many times um, in the past, they were called a physician extender, probably a little bit of a misnomer because the nurse practitioner operates under his or her own licensure. So we don't need a physician for oversight, which is a little bit different than the physician's assistant. It's pretty confusing. We get that uh, overlap a lot. So the nurse practitioner typically goes through a four-year program to obtain a bachelor's. They go through another program for receiving a master's, and at that point they choose a specialty, whether that's going to be adult medicine, geriatric, pediatric in my case. You can be even farther specialized as psychiatric um, nurse practitioner or mental health uh, and wellness type practitioner and those are really sought after positions and obviously not for everyone but I chose pediatrics because I've always loved kids. I love babies I love children and I really appreciate you clearing that up for me because you did make a statement that resonated with me you don't require oversight of a doctor and I realize that other um, positions in this field require a doctor's oversight so Tell us a little bit about that. You are able to take a look, analyze the situation, and you don't need a doctor to sign off. Correct. In the state of Texas, there are areas in the population that are considered medically underserved, and the Department of Health decides which areas are, are, are like that. Believe it or not, Denton County, Texas is a medically underserved location, so a nurse practitioner can hang a shingle and open a business. Now, the state does require that a nurse practitioner has a collaborating physician or a medical director. So we seek to hire a physician who will provide that oversight for us in that way. They look at around 10% of our clinical work to be sure that we're delivering prudent care. Okay, well that makes sense. Now, obviously pediatric nurse practitioner, what age group are we actually talking about that you serve? Our licensure covers from birth through age 21 years. Sometimes we'll cut them loose at 18 if it looks like they've got some more adult issues going on, perhaps with endocrinology or neurology, things like that that need to be addressed by the adult providers. So they can grow up with you. They do. I think that is really terrific. So what are actually the benefits of going to a nurse practitioner rather than using a more traditional form of, of doctor visits or doctoring? I think for, for me as a consumer of healthcare also, I look for the nurse practitioner to be my provider because I like to see 
the way that the system works from more of a health and wellness perspective instead of a disease management state. The disease management tends to be more of, I'm going to identify what's wrong, I'm going to go in and prescribe a therapy, typically a medication, to fix that, but I didn't get to the root cause. And many times in the nurse practitioner practices, we're looking for the root because we want the the situation to be gone so that our patients function in that highest level of wellness that they can without having to use some artificial, and I say that in air quotes, uh, term or means of managing a situation. Drugs and surgery, which is so traditional for most of us these days. And I really like that approach because I've always been kind of wellness, homeopathic minded, maybe not to an extreme, but it really is important to me to get to the root cause. You know, I do a lot of business consulting and training, and oftentimes people will come to me with their own diagnosis for the business problem that they're having. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Let's find out the root of this problem you're having before you start diagnosing and you ask me for advice on how to implement your diagnosis. And so if you have uh, somebody in the medical field that has a mindset that there's other things we can and should look at other than surgery or drugs, which of course has its place, but there may be alternatives or a different approach or a different viewpoint, and it gives people options. I think that's really important. Absolutely, and we're seeing that really pick up more and more in our new parenting population. They are looking for ways to keep their families healthy and avoid they even avoid coming in often to the doctor because they're so afraid these kids are going to pick up these nasty germs in our offices. And so there are a lot of ways that we're working. Education is a big component of what we do every day. Sometimes it's dispelling myths that they've learned on the University of Google. Yep. (laughs) Or sometimes it is helping them just kind of tease out what what is really the point that they're trying to get across to either a family member when they're explaining their choices for what they're doing with their children or even with school teachers and um, other care providers that they feel like they have to defend their positions. And so we kind of help them understand the root and the basis of why they're doing what they do. And really, what a great niche that you serve, and that's 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 serving children. Absolutely. All those of us who are moms, this is the most important thing in our life is our child and their health and their well-being and just having some alternatives to maybe traditional solutions that aren't exactly what we feel in our heart are in the best interest of our child or will solve a problem long term. I think having those alternatives and those options really mean a lot to moms and families today. Oh, for sure. And the consumer now, the the parents seeking care for their child is so well educated. And believe you me, they've gone on to every site they can find many times before they've even sought your expertise. And when that happens, we find ourselves really kind of questioning, well, why do we do this? And so we go back to the drawing board a lot of times and we grow and learn with our families. And so while we've got a great idea as a baseline, we're tweaking it too as along the way to make sure that we're getting the most uh, benefit to our families. You know, a very simple example is ear infections. My husband and I have four children, four for four on kids who had ear tubes mm-hmm. because we didn't know any better. We just gave the antibiotic that was prescribed every single time. And ultimately, all of our kids needed the tubes. Well, that's not a failure 
on our part. We did what we needed to do, but now we know that using the antibiotics frequently is not even beneficial. We know that the literature says that 80% of the time they're probably going to go away on their own without our intervention. So why don't we use some topical things that might help ease the pain or help with drainage so that those eustachian tubes can empty out the infection that's living in them. So we teach parents how to do that and then we bring them back in in three days and look again. And if the infection is still there, we make a decision at that point of whether or not we want to treat with antibiotic. I, I really think that's so important that we are, you know, that you are giving us moms options and that we don't have to settle for things that 80% of the time don't work or create more problems than they solve. And so I do love that approach to medicine. I read a book many, many years ago, it's probably been 30 years ago, just about that fact about how traditional medicine really does not have time to explore the options that really are truly out there. And that was 30 years ago. And now we know more, we have more available to us because of the internet and research. So it's really refreshing to find a source that's local where we can take our children, get a different opinion and consider a different approach. Yes. So let's shift a little bit to you as a business owner before we end up taking a break. I'd like to hear a little bit about how you decided to open your own private practice because it's scary you know you're a business professional and a technician you're treating patients and and how did you come to that decision to open your own practice i know that's scary if i tell the truth today it was probably the scariest thing we ever did um you put it all on the line when you open a business you put your financial health at risk you put your physical health at risk your social health is at risk, your parenting health is at risk. It's all there. It's right out there for everyone to see. So um, I always knew, though, that I, I had something to offer, and I wanted my own practice. Um, I came home. I worked in the hospitals for a while in the Dallas area, and after Hurricane Katrina went through New Orleans, it was so devastating, and a lot of those patients came to our facility, and they came from long-term care facilities. And I went home and told my husband, oh, my goodness, I can do this better. Let's see what it would take to open our own long-term care for kids because there's not really much out there for them. And he's so supportive. So he said, who do you need on your team? And so we put some people together, and we had a conversation, and it was an awesome conversation. Ultimately ended in a dead end, and we kind of put that on the back burner. Fast forward a couple of years later, the opportunity looks like it's coming along that we could make a move and open our own practice. And we did a little research and got our hands dirty and we figured it all out. And here we are, um, four years later, shocking that we've made it this long sometimes. Well, you know, like many, many businesses, it started with a passion and it started with the person thinking, you know what, I can do better than this. I can provide better care. I can approach this entire system, whether it's owning a maid service like Buckets and Bows Maid Service or a practice when you know you can do better, you have a passion, you just have to go out and do that. And I love that about you. I can hear the passion and the concern in your voice, and I'm sure your patients can see it and feel it and hear it as well. So after the break, we'll continue this discussion with nurse practitioner Kim Bookout of Flower Mound, Texas, so don't go away. It was early morning yesterday I was up before the dawn Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and, really and on the web at debbysardone.com But I must be moving on You're listening to RNCN, the number one source for premium talk radio. 
Who says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safer on pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week. Hi, I'm Dr. Russ Skinner, owner and practitioner at Family Health and Wellness of Plano. Our philosophy is to integrate traditional medicine with chiropractic care, as well as some alternative forms of medicine. And at Family Health and Wellness of Plano, you'll find an MD and a chiropractor under the same roof. A full gym for physical medicine and rehab, as well as athletic training and exercise training. For an appointment, please call us at 469-661-1100 or visit us on the web at www.fhwplano.com or find us on Facebook, Family Health and Wellness of Plano. The Center for Animal Research and Education is a nonprofit providing a permanent home to over 50 abused and abandoned big cats in DFW. Come out for a tour and meet our amazing lions, tigers, and leopards. For more information, go to carerescuetexas.com. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Welcome back, everyone. We've been talking to Kim Bookout the founder of Pediatric Health Partners in Flower Mound, Texas. Kim is a nurse practitioner and entrepreneur. We've been talking about the obstacles and the challenges of starting your own business, which, you know, we don't always think of of that in the medical field, but they have a business to run. And there are challenges with just getting the thing started as any business experiences. So, Kim, Tell us what you found to be the hardest part of getting started. I think for me, the hardest part of getting started, first of all, was just believing that we could do it. In my mind, I thought we could, but then when I would sit and look at all the volumes of things that needed to be taken care of just to get a door open was really overwhelming. Um, Writing a business plan, that was the first step so that we could just get financing and that was crazy difficult for a nurse we don't do business we don't care about money we just care about how you feel right and so it was really really hard for me to get that put together i went to the library i actually there's a great business plan um that a nurse practitioner who's also an uh uh doctor of jurisprudence wrote for nurse practitioners opening a, opening a business and so that was really helpful because she was able to outline really the things that needed to be included and areas that we needed to look at I learned a whole lot about the demographic of Flower Mound and the surrounding little townships so it was really eye-opening to see what our potential was Um, I came from another practice and so I felt like there would be a little draw from that practice that would come start with us and there was uh, it was less than we thought so (laughs) you were hoping it more but usually it turns out to be less than we think that's correct and so that was that was pretty difficult just trying to put that all together but we did it and we called on friends to help Uh, Our banker was a friend of mine since eighth grade, and so we were able to tap into his knowledge and expertise, and his bank funded our our startup. Well, you know, I love what you said when you said, you know, we're nurses, we're used to caring for people, we don't write business plans. And I think about all the businesses that I've helped grow uh, through my consulting business who started exactly the way you started. Maybe they weren't in the medical profession, but I can tell you specifically in the maid service industry, when I started Buckets and Bows Maid Service 
35 years ago, um, I didn't know what a business plan was. I just knew how to clean a house and I knew my services were in demand and that it would be impossible to continue to grow with all the people I was turning away if I didn't turn it into a real business instead of a cleaning job. And so I went to the bank to borrow some money to obtain some materials and some training, some professional training to help me with the business side of what I already knew how to do, the cleaning side. And the first thing he asked is, uh, can I take a look at your business plan? And I kind of looked at my husband, I looked at him and I said, what is that? (laughs) You can guess he did not give me any money. I had no idea what a business plan was. Now, if he would have said, what is the best product to use on my hardwood floors? I would have had an answer for him. Uh, Or how should I clean my shower? But I had no idea what a business plan was. So I left that day with no money. And they did not give me money. They, they wanted my husband to co-sign for the loan. And we had already made the decision before we went to the bank that this was going to be my business, my risk. We're not going to jeopardize any risk for our family. And if I cannot get that loan in my own name as a woman in business, and of course, I was arrogant at that time. I had thought, well, they're going to give it to me because I, I know they'll trust me. I, uh, we decided that we would just figure it out without the loan. And uh, we left without the loan, and I had to figure it out without some funding. And of course, it costs a whole lot less to start a cleaning business than it does to start a medical practice. And of course, 35 years ago, it was just a matter of buying some more mops and more brooms and learning how to hire and train staff and, and attract new customers. So definitely, I cannot compare it to your scenario, but I left without the money. And I was determined because I had the same passion that I hear in your voice to grow my business. I knew I had something different to offer. I knew the public would want it. And I just knew I had to find a way. So I didn't get the loan that day, but it was about seven years later, I went back to the same bank. The loan officer at that time had become the bank president. And I winked at him and laughed. We had a good relationship, so there wasn't any hostility or hard feelings. But I winked and I said, you know, we grossed a million dollars this past year. And he just looked at me and he laughed and he said, I know. I've been watching your account. I guess I should have given you that loan. And he remembered (laughs) that. That was seven years earlier. And I said, I guess I didn't need it. (laughs) And we both (laughs) laughed. So, you know, obviously where there's a will, there's a way. And I'm not undermining the challenges. But when you're passionate about something and you've got good support behind you, usually a a very believing spouse or family members or close friends that, that are telling you, you know what, you can do it. We'll help you figure it out. Uh, usually you can make that happen. So obviously that was the hard part of getting started. But what were some of the challenges that you faced in opening your practice? So in the same vein where, you know, I really knew nothing about writing a business plan, I also really didn't know a whole lot about leasing real estate or some of the other little nuances that come along in a medical practice. Um, Getting a space was really tough. We were in contract with three different spaces before we landed in the one that we live in today. The first space, oh my goodness, it was going to be perfect. I was so excited for it. And in the back of my mind and probably at the silent, but well, maybe not so, not so silent voice of my husband saying it's just sticks and bricks. <laughs> I, I just knew that this was the one. And so I was trying not to get too excited, but I, it was perfect. We were going to move into a clinic that had another s- physician specialty office there. 
and he owned the building. He was going to provide money for the build-out, which that's a big deal in Flower Mound. And so that was going to be awesome. We had everything pretty much aligned. We'd already met with architects. We were set. And all of a sudden, I get a call from the realtor. She says, it's not going to happen. He just read the contract and realizes you are not sponsored by the hospital. You have no guaranteed salary. It's done. They've pulled it. I said, you know what? I'm really sad about that. I was really working hard not to cry, but I really was sad. And I said, I hope, you know, for him, I'm going to make this work. And now it's just going to be leasing from someone else. And I said, I really hope that you'll tell him that. And I really probably shouldn't have because I think I refer to him now. So <laughs> it might have been <laughs> you a never bad, know what bridge you're burning. move on my part. Yep. I try not to burn the bridges, but that was really one of those things. Well, if you things. said it the way you just said it, I have a feeling it wasn't terribly <laughs> offensive. You're an awfully sweet lady. But I know it, it kind of stings it when people tough. turn you down and they it don't believe tough. in you. Yeah, we, we went through a couple of them. And then our third one that we landed on, the... It has just, it's all the open doors. You know, that was one of the pieces of advice that a very close friend gave me all along the way who actually works with me in the office. She's one of my nurses. And it her advice every day was, we're just going to go through the open doors. God's opening these doors for us. We're just going to go through them. Don't go or try to beat down the closed ones. And that's kind of the way it worked. You know, it was almost like being in a maze where you run into the wall and then you bounce back off that wall and find the pathway that you need to to travel. And so that worked well. And um, the place that we're in, the location is actually better. The layout is actually better. We didn't need to worry about an expansion. When I look back at the old space that I thought was so perfect, I would have already needed to expand. You know, that is so true of people of faith. We, we do feel and we do know in our heart that when a door is closed, even though at the time it seems like the worst thing possible, but if when we're strong in our faith, and sometimes that ebbs and flows, sometimes it comes and goes, but we do realize at our core that if this door was closed, there probably is a better door around the corner waiting for me. And I have seen that in my business, I, I would have to say every time. Every time a door was closed and I was deeply disappointed and I thought, oh no, now it's not going to work or this plan is not going to happen. It was either for the better because it was a bad plan and I found out later or a better door opened up for me. And and I truly attribute that to God and faith and prayer. It's like, God, take, take control over this situation and help me figure it out. And every single time he's been faithful to opening a door that was better than the one that I was disappointed because it was closed. That's absolutely true. I can tell you that even, well, in that first couple of years, we talked frequently in the office about God doesn't say, give me what I need for tomorrow. It's give me today what I need for today, my daily bread. And so literally we would need a thousand dollars to be in the account so we could pay a vaccine bill and sure enough that morning I'd open up the account and there was twelve hundred dollars that automatically deposited and so it really has we've had just-in-time provision all four years give us this day our daily bread and I'll tell you being an entrepreneur especially if you're a person of faith will definitely take you to your knees (laughs) I know both of us have spent many a night's kind of gripping our stomach in the middle of the night, little stomach pains and worry, um, and just asking God, please fix this, please help this, please make this work, help me meet payroll, help me pay my insurance bill, all of those things, help me meet my rent. And uh, one way or another, you know, you open up the account and and there it is, you make another sale or a a bill isn't due when we thought and and it, it, 
generally works out. And obviously, we have to do our part. We have to be smart in business. So when we come back after the break, I do want to hear a little bit about what were some of the surprises that you experienced, whether good or bad. So don't go away. We'll be right back with Kim Bookout. If you're enjoying this episode of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, give us a rating on iTunes today. With all the crazy weather in Texas, you never know when Mother Nature might strike. There's hail, tornadoes, floods, fire, hurricanes, and so many more. When tragedy strikes, we all need someone to turn to. John Irwin is a licensed and bonded public insurance adjuster right here in DFW and has a stellar reputation as the guy you can count on for all your claim adjustment needs. John is the man you need when the unpredictable occurs. John can handle just about any weather damage you can think of and more. From hurricanes to water leaks, from lightning to vandalism, John Irwin can help. Don't wait. Give John a call today at 972-372-4990. That's 972-372-4990. Or visit us online at insurance911claimspecialist.com. That's insurance911claimspecialist.com. Hi, I'm Debbie Sardone, founder of Cleaning for a Reason. Our mission is to give the gift of free house cleaning for women undergoing treatment for any type of cancer. Our goal is to let these brave and strong women focus on their health while we focus on and take the worry out of cleaning their homes completely free of charge. To learn more on how you can help provide the gift of a clean home to a woman battling cancer, visit cleaningforareason.org. For America's wounded warriors, coming home can be a battle in itself. The USO provides ways for all of us to support our wounded warriors. Join us. Visit uso.org to learn how you can make a difference in their lives. You're listening to RNCN, the digital destination for premium talk radio. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. We're back and we're writing a prescription for overcoming business challenges. My guest today is Kim Bookout of Pediatric Health Partners in Flower Mound, Texas. Now, Kim, I've recently added a segment to the show called The Lightning Round, where you can share a business challenge or dilemma, and I'll see if I can help solve that for you. So before we go on to uh, asking you a little bit about what some of the surprises, whether they were good or bad, were when you first started your business, let's see if there's a business challenge or dilemma that I can help you with today. What do you have? Well, I think for me, and probably most people who are in the same line of work, we're in medicine or healthcare because we care about people and we're in this caring profession every day. We want to take care of patients no matter what. A lot of us are involved in medical missions or some of the Doctors Without Borders things. So money isn't really anything that we want to have to wrap our brain around and manage at the same time. So for me, the hardest part of owning this business has been balancing my my desire to take care of patients no matter the cost but at the same time I've got to run a viable business because I'm responsible for the financial piece to our employees to my debt my debt 
collectors, what debtors. Sure. I'm the, a debtor. The people, I'm the, debtor. <laughs> the people that invested in your startup business. That's right. Have an obligation to them. That's right. And so we do. I mean, we definitely have debt to pay down and and pay off. And I have a responsibility to my family. You know, one of the staff members in my office one day was in tears because she did not want to send out a statement that showed the giant balance that was owed by a family. And she said, with a lot of grief in her heart still, she said, I can remember being that young mom having these bills come in with big red letters on them, past due, final notice. And she could not bring herself to send those out. So it's not just me. It's the whole staff. None of us really want to be the bad guy. So balancing that moral dilemma of patient care and truly caring and wanting to help people, but understanding there is a fine line because you have to take off the stethoscope and you have to put on the business hat and you have to be a business owner. You have to be responsible. This is a dilemma that most businesses have, especially caring professions, where we really want to just help everybody. But if we made that choice to help everybody, even those who could not pay or would not pay, we wouldn't be in business, so we would help nobody. And so I think the first thing that happens is a mindset shift that says, you know what? We cannot help everybody. We want to, so that's a good thing. And the compassion and the concern can be heard in your voice and is evident by a staff that had tears in their eyes when they had to mail a bill. But shifting the mindset that says, I know I can't help everybody, and I do have an obligation to more than just people who need medical care. I have an obligation to my family. I have an obligation to my employees to provide a business that can afford raises when they've earned it, that can afford benefits because they work hard and deserve it like everybody else, and to my stakeholders who have invested in my business and are trusting me to follow sound business practices. So the first thing that has to happen is you do have to take off the stethoscope and you have to put on the business hat. It doesn't mean you all of a sudden become cold and uncaring. You just become realistic. The second thing that I recommend, and I've told other business owners to do this as well, have a staff meeting, have a conversation with your spouse, have a conversation with your staff and yourself, and decide what percentage of your business you can afford to give in terms of benevolence. And choose a percentage and live with that. Because until we make a conscious decision that we will help and we will give away, but it will not exceed this percentage of our business. And I don't know what that percentage is for you, but I bet if you crunch some numbers, you would know what that is. What can I give away and help others with in need without hurting my business? And, and I still feel like I am contributing to the, to the well-being of others. And then you live within that percentage. You, great. You make that decision, whether it's 5% or 2% or 10%, whatever that number is, you say, we have set that aside. And when the need exceeds that percentage, have a list of referrals where you can send people so that your answer isn't just, nope, sorry, can't help you. But your answer is, I'm so sorry, we have reached our benevolence capacity for the month or for the year or however you define it. But we do have these five resources that I would encourage you to check into. Consciously create that list. Find out who can provide free services or additional services, and they do them as a charity. And then provide those resources to your patients so they're not left trying to figure out and scramble on their own how to get help when your help has um, 
has exceeded your ability to help that next person. So create that percentage and make that decision that you can and will help people at a, at, at a limitation. I think that's great information, and we need to utilize that because I think we give away a little bit more than we know. <laughs> right. You give away more than is healthy. Right. And, you know, you're in the health industry, but we, all of us can get in that habit. I actually took a, a backwards approach as a business owner many, many years ago. It did not occur to me to give away my services for free. It just didn't occur to me. And I took a phone call from a woman one day who called my office and I'm in business mode, right? I got my business hat on and she called, this is probably close to 20 years ago. She called and said, I need a price for cleaning my home. I gave her a price and she said, oh, I can't really afford that right now. I'm going through chemotherapy and radiation, and I'm not working. Maybe I'll call you when I can afford it, and I get back to work. And she hung up the phone. Well, I was in business mode. I wasn't even thinking benevolence and charity. It did not occur to me. And I remember sitting at my desk, as if it's yesterday, I can remember myself sitting there thinking, why didn't I give her the cleaning for free? Why didn't it occur to me to give it to her? I was just thinking business mode. And it was the days before caller ID. I had no way to call her back. She called us. And I made a decision that day in my office that the next time a woman battling cancer called and said she couldn't afford our service, we would give it to her for free. Now, that company policy years later turned into a nationwide nonprofit. And now we have cleaning for a reason. I started that 10 years ago. And we've recruited over 1,200 other maid services to donate free cleanings using their business to women who are battling cancer. So even though I have a big heart and I, I learned to use my business for good, I knew there were limitations. I can't give away free cleaning all day long and help right. everyone. People right. come to me all the time. My, my mom has Alzheimer's, my, my sister's depressed, or my uncle has AIDS, and there's everyone who needs help. And so I started my nonprofit eventually, not that everybody needs to do that, but eventually I started this nonprofit. Now, 10 years later, after being a nonprofit for 10 years, we've already helped 22,000 women wow. who are battling cancer That's wonderful. get their house clean for free. It starts with a decision. It starts with a conscious decision that says, okay, we're going to set aside some free services to the needy and we are going to donate at that level. But when we hit capacity, we're either going to reach out to a nonprofit and ask for their help, or we're gonna provide resources and encourage them to go get help. But we do have to have a responsible sound business because others are counting on us. I think that's great. So that was the business lightning round, and hopefully that was helpful. But back to your business, could you tell us a little bit about what were some of the surprises when you started your business, good and bad? Probably that was some of the first surprises were that we really did have a lot of support. People were watching to see what happened next. They wanted us to succeed. And so that was a, a small surprise just because I guess I, I didn't feel like we would be in the spotlight like that. So ob in the area were really supportive. Sales representatives would come in and say frequently, wow, you are the only nurse practitioner run clinic I've been in. Why, why do other people not do this? I had lots of answers of why they don't do it. <laughs> it yeah, you're so like, hard. I can tell you firsthand. <laughs> very, very hard might be the words that come to my mind. Um, 
you know, we've had we one of the negative surprises was how long it really took us to get all of our ducks in the row with all of our insurance contracts. That was tough. We did go through a credentialing company that manages all of those contracts. And so we had the bulk of all the major ones, but it took about four months. So we basically provided free care. Wow. For four months. We took co-pays, but one of my decisions early on is if these are families that followed us from our old office, I really wanted to take care of them and not make them spend more than they would have had they stayed in our old office. And then you get the surprises just today as I was leaving the office to come here, a little two-year-old was in the clinic with his mom for his little brother's well check, and he reached his arms out to leave with us, and he was very upset that he couldn't go with me in the car. <laughs> so those little surprises happen every day, and it makes you continue to love what you do. You know, I, I can't imagine working with children every day, and especially children with health needs and health issues and health problems, and I'm sure it pulls on your heartstrings, which is why I could tell that was an important question for you to ask about, you know, how do you balance your heart and your business side? And uh, I, I, I just can't imagine a business like that every single day, and definitely your compassion and your care comes out. I love the business model that you've chosen and that you've created to serve others. So you've been listening to Kim Bookout of Pediatric Health Partners in Flower Mound, Texas. Don't go away because there's more to come after the break with Kim. It was an early morning yesterday. I was up before the dawn. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and, really and on the web at debbysardone.com. But I must be moving on. You're listening to RNCN, the number one source for premium talk radio. When it comes to bullying, don't validate, eliminate. Adults have the power to stop bullying in our schools. I'm Dennis Van Roekel, president of the National Education Association. It's up to us as educators, as parents, as adults, to stand up on behalf of bullied kids. Help us create safe, bully-free learning environments for all students. One caring adult can make all the difference. Be that adult and take the pledge at nea.org slash bullyfree. A message from the National Education Association. Hi, I'm Debbie Sardone, founder of Cleaning for a Reason, a national nonprofit dedicated to cleaning the homes of women battling cancer. We recently partnered with Ford Warriors in Pink to help provide more good days to women fighting breast cancer. Ford has been active in the fight against cancer since 1993 and are dedicated to helping those touched by this devastating disease through actions that support, inspire, and empower patients, survivors, and co-survivors throughout their journey. This year, Cleaning for a Reason and Ford Warriors in Pink will provide 500 additional house cleanings to women battling breast cancer. To find out how you can help or receive this gift, just go to cleaningforreason.org or warriorsinpink.ford.com. For America's wounded warriors, coming home can be a battle in itself. The USO provides ways for all of us to support our wounded warriors. Join us. Visit uso.org to learn how you can make a difference in their lives. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. 
We're back, and my guest is Kim Bookout, pediatric nurse practitioner, entrepreneur, businesswoman, and author of The Everything Guide to Potty Training. And that is available on Amazon. I just found that out in the break. So thank you, Kim, for sharing that with me. Uh, I don't think I need that anymore. My children are all grown, but I do have grandbabies, and I'll definitely have to get that book and give it to my daughter and daughter-in-law because they've got little ones that will be entering that, that next phase. So definitely check that out on Amazon. And uh, it always helps with uh, when somebody in the medical field writes a book like that because then we know we have sound advice to follow or recommend to our, our children. Okay, so let's go to another question that I have for you as a businesswoman, as an entrepreneur, um, shifting a little bit uh, towards marketing and branding. How do you help your practice stand out from others? Because we all know that there are so many choices out there. So what do you do to stand out? There really are so many choices. The first thing that we did, we really started with an all-star cast. My husband just reminded me today, you know, no one has left since we opened. So it's been great. I started with awesome nursing staff. I have licensed nurses that answer the phone. So it's really good for our moms when they call in with questions and concerns. And they're getting another mom on the phone who is not only a mother with parenting experience, but she's also a nurse with some actual academic and intellectual information that she can share with that new mom. So that's a great thing. Um, My front office staff, they're so caring and loving. They do a great job welcoming in our new families. Uh, They make everyone feel like they're part of our family, and that's really one of the big things that we do. I pride myself on knowing a little bit about every one of the families that come into the office. Lately, we've grown a lot, and so it's been really hard to keep up with that, but I really, I try to get a little bit of personal information so that I have a little background, so I know when I go in to see that family the next time, how did you enjoy your Colorado trip, or did you have fun when you went to see Mickey Mouse, you were going there last time, did you get to do Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, or the things that I know are important to those families, and it makes parents feel really very secure that you not only know them but you are really paying attention to everything that they say when you're in the office people want to feel like they know me I'm not a number I'm not a stranger and you said something on on the lead-in to to answering that question is you started with an all-star staff and that they're all still with you you know retaining good staff these are your ambassadors it doesn't matter how great you are as uh, somebody in the medical field, it doesn't matter how great you are and what your skills are if your ambassadors are out there running off your customers. So right. tell us a little bit about those all-star staff. I have just, they're all of their friends. You know, we've gone through lots of life changes in the last four years with all of us. We've had weddings, we've had funerals, we've had births, we've had you know, just a little bit of life all the time. You do life day. together. We really do. And and we enjoy each other's company. We, we socialize outside of the office. Our oldest daughter just got married and most of the staff was there because they know her. <laughs> so that's pretty neat because it, it just is more of an exclamation point on how important families are to us, not only 
the ones we take care of, but the ones that we see every day. We spend more time with them a lot of times in a day than we do our own children. That's true. And so obviously the staff that you surround yourself, the team that you put in place are in a position to make or break your business. So shifting a little bit to advice when you first got started in business, what advice did you follow during those early days that you think have had an impact on your business? You know, I kind of mentioned a little earlier in our conversation, I feel like the biggest thing that we did was we really trusted God to put the open doors very obviously in front of us because I knew that trying to reinvent the wheel was not going to be the right way to go. There are already so many things that are a little bit stacked up against the NP, our reimbursement's a little less than the physician. Um, You've got to have that physician collaborator on staff with you. Insurance companies sometimes don't want to deal specifically with an NP, but they'd rather have your physician as the one they contract with. We've been very lucky, and that wasn't the case. We hold all of our own contracts, which is great, but those open doors were really important to us. Well, then what advice do you have for others as they're opening a similar business? And when I say similar, obviously they may not be in the medical field, but it's a business that has lots of competition. There are lots of choices. It's hard to stand out. What advice would you give someone else? You know, probably one of the things that we did is is look for ways that made us look a little differently, especially after I read the book from uh, Michael Gerber about the e-myth for physicians. Um, my very good friend, who is also my chiropractor, shared that with me when she knew that we were struggling, and she felt like she had been in a very similar situation. And one of the things that that he really emphasizes in the book is you've got to stand apart because there are a lot of you out there. So one of the things that we did was make sure that it's a voice always answering the phone. When parents call in on the weekends or after hours with emergencies, they hear my voice on the other end of the phone call. It's not an automated system. It's not a call center from Cincinnati or some other part of the country. That's very unusual. It's very different now. And that's To me, I cannot stand calling in and having to push the number prompts to get to someone. So if you've got a sick kid or you've had someone who's had an accident and you need a quick answer, that's the last thing you want to hear. So we've really made a commitment to that, and I think that that's important. The other thing that we did was try to find ways to increase our income streams, have multiple streams coming through the office. So we carry a line of all-natural products for probiotics, vitamins, Um, vitamin D for our newborns that are breastfed. We know they need that. We carry an all-natural antihistamine, uh, some nasal sprays that are really nice. And, And it's not, it's, it's again, it's one of those things that new parents today are looking for ways that are other than an antibiotic or an over-the-counter medication. They don't want that. They want to attack things a little more in a natural way. I think that is so smart. And so many times doctors, physicians, they just have a mindset of of treating patients and providing care, which is, of course, the most important thing they're doing. But they're leaving on the table from a business perspective so much opportunity for sales that are passive. It doesn't take one more employee to offer someone a, a vitamin supplement or some kind of a spray that they need. 
And quite honestly, it is a service to your customers. It really is, especially if they've got three kids in tow, and I've just said you've got to have this starting today, and then they've got to stop at a pharmacy. And then they got to figure out what to buy. I mean, I, I have wanted vitamins, and I've gone to the grocery store or gone to a store, and I look at the vitamin aisle, and I want B-complex, but do I want that one or that one or that one or that one? There's so much variety, so much choice. I just want an expert to tell me this is the best choice. Exactly. And I'll take it. You know, yeah. make it easy for me. So, obviously, it's a very smart revenue stream. I remember years ago going to a dermatologist, and I literally begged them to recommend some products for my skin that weren't a gimmick that wasn't just overly high price really good sales person department store cosmetics and uh you know creams and, and lotions but give me something from a doctor's perspective for my skin and they really made no attempt to sell me anything and i thought boy you people are crazy you could have a gold mine here if you would just offer a line of skincare products for those of us who really have skin challenges and we're looking for a healthy alternative and we don't want to go to a store and just go eeny meeny miny mo I wonder which one is the best one for me exactly and that probably has a little bit of a relationship to the fact that in healthcare, you're just not a great salesperson. Right. You're <laughs> so not it's really sellers. hard. Yes. We're not that. But I have found myself doing it more and more because it's products that I feel like are, are, are great and they are fulfilling the needs that are out there. I think that's the key right there is if you can be passionate about the products that you offer to your patients or your customers, and if you truly believe in them, you don't think it's a gimmick, but you truly believe this is going to help you, this is going to facilitate your wellness or facilitate the process, then it is easy to sell because you're not selling them, you're providing a solution, which becomes another solution for your business, Absolutely. additional revenue stream. <laughs> There's only so many hours a day that you personally or some of your staff can book a patient, but you can send people home with a bag full of products that they need, and that is a great uh, additional revenue stream for your business. For sure. So you did mention real quick about one of your favorite books i'm going to assume that's the best book you've ever read tell us a little bit about that book you know it's a great book it forced me to think um again in this mindset of being a business owner and um it just it was eye-opening you know one of the things that he talks about that we mess up as we open a business is we don't think about our exit strategy and he talks about planning your retirement which goes against every fiber of your being because you're going to live forever and you're going to watch all these kids grow up, no matter if they're a brand newborn or if they're 18 already, we're going to watch them grow up. And so it's hard to think about leaving that practice when you're just in its infancy, because this is a lot like having a baby. You're watching it toddle now and we're almost to kindergarten it's with our baby. business. Yep, yep. <laughs> so I still wouldn't say that we've arrived, but we're closer than we were four years ago. So the book you recommend recommend for those that are interested I'm sure they can find it on Amazon because I've recommended this over the years is the e-myth by Michael Gerber and of course he has created several versions for specific industries so this one is the e-myth for physicians which I think is absolutely phenomenal yes very so good read thank you for sharing that with us yeah. go to Amazon go get the e-myth myth if you own a business 
to me, that is a must read. That wraps up episode 29 of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. I'd like to thank my entrepreneur guest, Kim Bookout of Pediatric Health Partners for sharing great insights with our listeners today. Please be sure to join us again next week as we talk about how you can clean up in business and in life.